we are all people who are very different and we're not ever gonna all believe or think the same way. I have no problem with accountability culture. I have no problem with calling yes. people out. And let's do it often and loudly. I think we should always be striving to be better and do better. And I think accountability culture is what it should be called and not cancel culture. Hi. Hi. Great to see you. Great to see you too and your beautiful face. And yours. Welcome to What the Hell. Welcome to What the Hell. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Brittany. And we are here this week to talk about something under our happenings vertical about cancel culture. Oh boy. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> we need to change our intro song to just you going dun 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 dun. I think we did that last week. I love it. I know. I was going to say I did it last week. I'm so original. Sorry, no, guys, it, not that's okay. not. You are original. You have a catch <laughs> sound. I yeah, I don't that know. applies to our well, podcast. Sure. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah. This week though, yeah, we're talking about the cancel culture and what it is, what it came from, and like, what do we think about it? Yeah, lots of things. Lots of things. It's it's something that I think, you know, what I should have googled and put in our document is. This concept is always, is, has obviously been around for a long time, but the term cancel culture, I did look up what it, how it's defined right now, but I did not look up when it was defined as cancel culture, because that seems very new. Did you look this well, up? Well, I did. Yes, okay. I did. So yeah, we've got both <laughs> ends. So why don't I, I'll tell you, Brittany, a little bit. Yeah, we can educate each other. Um, so I was looking up, when did cancel culture become a phrase and like part of our lexicon? And the short answer is um, the po the popular lexicon that it's become a part of really started like 2017-ish around that time that we started using the phrase cancel culture. However, the idea of canceling somebody and even and even the term cancel culture started like 2014 was used 2010, but it wasn't popularly used where we're all saying it. But the history of it, too, and you can tell me about this. But from my understanding, the idea of like cancellation, though, comes from how TV shows either get picked up or don't. And when they don't, yeah. they get canceled. And so that's kind of like the origin story, I guess, of how that term started being used, but then applied across everything. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. That's what I if learned. I'd, if I would like try to guess what that was, I'd guess it would be something along those lines. But yeah, I was like, I don't think, honestly, even here in 2010, I'm a little bit surprised, but it, it makes sense that it, yeah, like from 2017, the becoming popularized, yeah. that, that makes more sense. Somebody in 2010 was ahead of the curve. Yeah. Ahead of their and time. And they're like, that was my thing. Exactly. But yeah, I looked up a definition too. Like if you just Google cancel culture, it says cancel culture or call out culture is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles, whether it be online or social media or in person. Those who are subject to this ostracism are said to have been canceled. I think we all have an understanding of what it implies. I think our question and why this topic even came up was we were watching The Bachelor and we're talking about like we do season. Yeah, like we do. <laughs> and it was it came up because we were talking about the whole Chris Harrison and Rachel, Rachel and Rachel situation. 
And then we were like, you know what? This is a good topic. I think it's something that is very relevant, not just about The Bachelor, but just about life in general and the way things are moving and whether it's extreme or not extreme enough maybe to some, which is a little hard to believe for me, but... And even just relating it back to our upbringing and if it's something we saw growing up or what that looked like growing up and maybe if somehow our upbringing has given us some tools in which to handle cancel culture in different ways. So I think that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Yeah, and I think it causes discomfort with people. The idea, I don't know a lot of people personally who are perfectly comfortable with the idea of cancel culture yeah, um, and canceling people where they're just like, yes, they did this. So we're done with you. Um, I feel that's very, you know, binary and black and white. And I think it is the younger generation, you know, below us, Gen Z, that I am seeing a lot more like definitive language about things like that. Like they know how to be like one and done with things, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know how to be that way myself. So I don't know. I, I think that's what's interesting about it is I think it creates mixed feelings for people and it just creates yeah. discomfort. And anything that creates discomfort, I want to talk to you about. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think with Gen Z, my initial like gut reaction to why they feel so comfortable talking about these things is also because they are the first generation who were born into social media like Mm. millennials we were around when it all kind of got started you know we were depending on the range of where you fall in millennial either it came in you know college time high school college myspace you know all those things but you know the the gen z i always want to say gen x but for gen z when gen z since they were born they were raised online and i think there's just this boldness to say whatever you want to think and say online and obviously that depends on how you're raised how bold you might be or or like if you're allowed to be online and everything but I feel like that's a lot to do with it is because I think as any generation all of us have very strong opinions um I just think we've either well now I'm learning not to say some things because I'm like I don't want to get canceled but I just think back to all the times I, I always think back, like, it, if this had been around at this time, like, oh, my God, it would never have passed because everything's so quick to be canceled these days by not just Gen Z. I just think that they pick up the torch a lot, and there's something probably great about that and also not great about that. Right. It's like everybody, I think, you know, can be comfortable with the idea of cancel culture until it's you. Or until it's yeah. me, like until until I'm the one under fire for something, it's easy to point the finger and go, yes, you should be canceled. But like, I think my biggest issue with it as a whole is when somebody gets canceled now for something that happened in like such a different life stage for them. Yes. That's a problem for me. It's one thing to cancel somebody for what they say and do in recent history or in present day sure on some level like we have to have accountability yes yeah but you know when we find out that somebody did something horribly you know sexist or racially um potentially just straight up racist but racially insensitive on the nicer side of it am I gonna be canceled for saying racially insensitive when it's just like racist see what I mean but when when it's something like that and it's so long ago that person may have been essentially 
a child, depending on who it is. They may have been a teenager. They may literally have not known better yet. And now we're going to cancel them when maybe, you know, 20, 30 years later, they've done so much good in their life. They've grown as a human being. They would even be appalled at themselves for what they did back then. I just do not, I don't know how to get behind um, being anti-growth. Yes. So, okay, based on what you just said, I feel like it's a good maybe way to define even and it's our own personal opinion but like when do you feel like people should be held accountable for their actions like how much time has to pass (laughs) yeah or like you know age like if we want to use as an example we could just segue into as as a baseline like talking about say the chris harrison and rachel situation and to give a little bit of background chris harrison has been under fire for how he responded to an interview with rachel Lindsay regarding Rachel I can't think of her last name right now do you remember her last name but the one I want to say like McCormick but that's not right it's something like that it's (laughs) something basically the Rachel from this just past season who uh there was a bunch of pictures of her and things that were um insensitive and he reacted to everybody else reacting to her and like what is appropriate what is not appropriate and some of his arguments were that she was young. It was, it, he said five years ago, it wasn't five years ago, but, you know, basically arguing the point that she was young and like, should she be held accountable for things that, that would definitely apply right now in 2021 as being insensitive? Uh, but maybe back then she was at an age that she didn't know better. I mean, that's a fine line, but, but I think there's something to that. You know, I am an American. I'm 34 years old. I was, Although I'm American, I was raised overseas. So there's all kinds of things that like I still learn to this day that I'm like, oh, I I don't know what that word is or I don't. And I might say something and I could totally accidentally insult somebody. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like I'm not saying this is that situation. I'm just saying I think it's it's like assessing how people respond. If you were raised in a tiny town and you were only exposed to parents or people who have very narrow points of view, and now you live in a bigger city, or maybe you never lived in a bigger city, then you go on The Bachelor, and now, yeah, yes, that's a choice, but how woke is everyone have to be? Which I recently heard we're not allowed to say woke. What? I, I recently, and this in, listen, I don't know, but I read somewhere that, um, it, tell us, I don't know, but I read that white people are not supposed to say woke, that it's a cultural appropriation is what I read. And I was like, what? And I've still said it. That's not even that. It just occurred yeah. to me in this conversation. That's another thing where it's like, I have never been exposed to the opinion or perspective that saying woke, it, like I'm not allowed, that's not for me. Like it's I racially insensitive because I'm white to say it? Yes, that it was, that's what I read, that it was created by the black community. But I didn't know that, for one, I didn't know that. And then for two, um, but it was created by the black community for the black community. And like, we have appropriated it is what I read. And that may be, you know, one perspective, but still, I was just like, oh my God, like my mind was blown. I was like, I don't know what, what, what do I, what is the word? (laughs) um that's interesting that's interesting (laughs) I know I know because I feel like but everybody's I don't know to be just quite frank I find everyone I can't say everyone I am generalizing but I find society in general to be quite sensitive in life right now and I I think that the here's the thing is I think that the product of some of this is 
growth and is amazing and I think it's needed. So I realize that it comes, that any growth comes at a discomfort. But it's an overcorrection is what I think. Yes, I 100% (laughs) agree that it's an overcorrection. It's great. It's great. Like we need to rectify the wrongs of the past. We need to do better. But I do feel at times that we are going so far over here to correct everything that was way over here when where we need to be is somewhere in the middle. Um, Or maybe not even the middle, maybe a little further than the middle, you know, like maybe there's a lot more growth than in the middle. Something you hit on about Rachel, who was on the most recent season, is maybe she hasn't been exposed to whatever XYZ. Girlfriend is from Cumming, Georgia. The population of Cumming, Georgia is 6,309 people. Oh, wow. That is where she's from. So yes, I understand she's young. And I also understand that this happened while she's at school and she went away to college. So I don't know where she went. Maybe she went to Georgia, somewhere else, and those are bigger schools. But regardless, you still are in many ways a product of your environment and can you be held responsible to know everything especially when you're at that point what would she have been 21 22 years old it was a little over two years ago yeah I think that's what they were saying she was 21 yeah right and I mean I think I think what's tough is like if you're comparing it to say just you and I's specific personal life journey if, if I want to play that card, I'd judge her super hard because I'd be like, at 21, I was married and blah, blah, blah. But that's not everybody else's. But also, at 21, to be quite honest, there are words that, like, hearing about the, you know, those kind of parties, like antebellum, mm. that I just, come to be quite frank, I wasn't raised in the United States overall. I grew up in South Africa. There's words that I've read in books now as an adult that until these situations come up, I'm like, it's like it's vaguely familiar and it's my own fault. Like I should be educating myself as a white woman. I think that's what the BLM movement has. That's what I have learned the most in this last, say, year or so, year and a half is I thought I was, I, I, okay, the words I want to say is I thought I was doing enough by supporting, you know, a local business or you know being educated but really like I'm not educated enough on the things that I should be and I think that's the the good side of ugh, cancel culture I think cancel culture itself is too extreme it's too mm-hmm. it's too much of an overcorrection I think there's good intention like if you want to look at the church you know there's <laughs> there's similarities where I think you want to do things and it goes to an extreme you know, has good intention, but there are consequences to, I mean, people's lives are changed like dramatically because of cancel culture. Totally. That's the thing is it can take down an entire, like a single life, but then the repercussions of everybody that's, that life touches as well. And I don't know. I think that if people, I think that we would really be lacking in the areas of things like art Mm -hmm. and I don't know expression which I guess is just another way of saying art if we canceled people for every single offense that they make and something that the Black Lives Matter movement did that I loved that it really pointed out more so than other things have at different times (laughs) is that just because we're all working towards one common goal Um, doesn't mean we all have the exact same perspective on 
every element of reaching that goal. So that's why I, I'm just coming back to that when we mentioned the word woke and how I read that and I was like, my mind was blown was that may have been that singular writer's perspective and it may be shared by a lot of other black people because it was a black writer that I was reading from. And so I learned something new from that person that, you know, when I'm around my black friends, black colleagues, whatever the case may be, maybe I think twice before I necessarily use that word in you know in that context just because somebody might have that perspective but then I might have other black friends and black black colleagues that don't think that way about that word at all like that's not their perspective so anyway it was just the idea that in that movement it gave a lot of um and I say it like it's over during this movement it's given people a lot of opportunity to share their perspective and say I understand yours might not be the same as mine yeah does that make sense Oh, that totally makes sense. So when people, when I read something that said, oh, I can't say woke, I was like, oh, I thought woke was a generational thing, not a racial thing. I did too. If you had asked me, I would have thought it was a generational thing. Totally. And I don't know that I've changed my opinion. I just read an opinion that somebody else had that was very different. And so I was like, oh, but isn't the goal to on some level we we've noticed now we finally stopped saying the wrong thing and we've started saying okay your experience is different from mine for all of these reasons but now once we get there and I don't know that we haven't arrived but once we get there aren't we trying to get where we're all together again you know yeah in the truest sense yeah. of humanity and and if that's the case can I please say woke <laughs> I know. and it has and it's like any word like that when you take a word that is a a part of a movement or a generation like there's going to be extremes in how it's used but in, but my assumption was that if you take it at its base level was was trying to educate people and you know show them the light in a way um, right. right in terms of cultural perspectives and racial perspectives everybody's got again different perspectives but I think because I did spend half of my formative years in a country that dealt with terrible racial issues. I mean, apartheid, all those things. But what was so interesting was that I was racially the minority. I, the like white people in the country were the minority. They were the minority. They were in power. So like that still obviously changes everything. But I grew up in literally. If you look at all all of my school pictures, my class picture, I'm like one of one other kid that's white in the class in all of them except till when you get to high school and then there's a couple more but we're talking like three out of 25 you know and right. so it was such an interesting I know this is turning into more of a racial racial con- conversation but it was just such an it's always such an interesting perspective than when I came to the states and it's like it's a we're still talking about race but it feels different here than it did there and I feel like just because depending on where you live depending on where in the country you live it either is similar to how I grew up or it's entirely the opposite and everyone has had such vastly different experiences because our country is humongous there are tiny towns like ones that Rachel came out of my mom grew up in a town of at the time I think was like 1500 people wow so you know and then she moved to South Africa you know and so like everybody's had such crazy differences and I think it's amazing I think we should continue to learn I also feel like there's questions where I feel like as a white person if I were to ask that question sometimes that I would be literally nailed on a cross for asking where I'm like I'm trying to learn but then it's like inappropriate to ask that question so that's that's where I feel like even in the cancel culture is 
okay, we're going to cancel XYZ. Let's take Dr. Seuss or whatever. Yeah. Okay, I just want to understand why. What's the... And, and a lot of time, the motivation behind it is not bad. But it right. turns into a bit of a monster. Totally. I mean, the thing is, people... I, I kind of equated in my mind to, like, book burning. That, like, mm. books have been banned throughout millennia well I guess books aren't that old books have been banned (laughs) since books have been created (laughs) and um there's always been somebody who wants books to not be available in the library to not be read by our children to not be available for sale and you know you get to a certain level where you're like geez like I kind of understand like there's that horrible book that you know like every bomber in America has read over the last whatever 30 years or something that of I know course, what you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, it's like the guide, the anarchist guide or something like that. Insane. Mm-hmm. And it literally just teaches you how to like be a mass terrorist. It's horrible. And um, I understand the want to ban a book like that. You know, I understand. Yeah. But it doesn't erase it from existence for starters. You know, it, think about anything like you try to take it away people just do it under closed you know behind closed doors like you want to get rid of abortion cool we're just gonna do it you know whatever like alleyway abortions there's a term that's not it (laughs) backdoor abortion I don't know what they're called but you're gonna do them unsafely and take multiple lives you know doing things like that whatever so my point is it's not new for people to want to like ban things it's just that the reach of it, I think, with social media and cancellation, you know, on some level really applies to social media more than anything else. And of course, you know, some of these people's livelihoods too, like, because the people who are getting canceled are celebrities, again, artists, you know, writers, like we're never talking about like canceling our friends, you know, for the like dumbass thing they did at a party or like the horrible thing they said, maybe we behave like we cancel them and cut them out of our lives. But that's the thing is like, this isn't a new issue, but cancellation in our day and age, I think can have wider repercussions. Oh, 100%. I was was just going to say, I do feel like all of us, but probably the people that are canceling things the most, which a lot of time right now seems to be the youngest generation, not always, but like basically we have the power, which means we have the responsibility with social media to weigh the kinds of things that we decide to cancel or that, that kind of language because it, it literally with, I mean, as we always bring up TikTok, I'm like, you post something and like literally four hours from now it could have, five million views worldwide and it's like what you say I mean we are sitting here putting a podcast we could put it out there and somebody could take what we're saying edit it and put it out there and we could get canceled in some mind some people's minds we should be canceled and that's fine but I think it's like this platform where we should be educating and not canceling and I think a lot of times people's point and trying to do it might be to educate but they're not going about it in the right way Mm -hmm. in my opinion because they're young a lot of times they don't they're you know these 16 18 22 year old kids in my opinion even though I was a kid at that age and got married like that just don't realize the repercussions long term of what they're doing 
And then sometimes, you know what, it may spur on something that is life-changing and in a good way. But I just think that right now it's like we keep saying like an overcorrection. And yeah. it's sad the cost that it comes at for some people be that like honestly I whether you agree with me or disagree I feel like for Rachel for Rachel from The Bachelor like I'm not saying what she did was right to take a picture or all the things that she's been accused of and I know she chose to go on television but I feel like it's just it's a hornet's nest that yeah you get dissected on social media and it makes me so thankful for the 18 to 20 years of my life that was not on social media for people to tear apart yeah I mean okay people before us she had no chance and here's the thing I don't I can't say for sure I I haven't seen her total statement about it I saw clips about uh, of her statement in response to everything but she probably did not know that the party she went to was racially insensitive until this came out like she probably That's didn't you know a year ago think to myself oh man I can't believe I went to an antebellum like south Georgia wherever it was party and I really wish I had known more then and I wish I knew now what I you know knew then what I know now she probably didn't even know it was an issue until somebody dug those pictures up and she probably was like oh my god I had no idea that's yeah. probably what happened. Like, you know, just the other night we were, I was talking with you and your husband, Curtis, about like the band Lady Antebellum, who changed their name within the last year to Lady A. They dropped the Antebellum. The Dixie Chicks within the last year dropped the word Dixie out of their name. I never considered as a white woman, and I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm not saying that it's okay that I never considered, but you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. You just don't. And I never considered that Lady Antebellum might be an offensive name. I never thought about it. I grew up in the South. If anything, um, Antebellum, just the word itself in and of itself as a sound is a freaking cool sounding word. That's just kind of a beautiful sounding word. And the connotations that come with it, you know, that's an entire time period of history. And it, you know, is a horrible time of history for an entire people. But I don't think she went to that party thinking about that whatsoever, which in and of itself may be the problem. But great, now we've educated her. Now she knows better. Now I know better, you know? Now I know better. Like, oh my God, like, yeah, that's kind of cool, Lady Antebellum changed their name. I never thought of that. You have to give people space to change and grow. It's one thing if she comes out and she goes... Not only did I not know about this, but I think you're all wrong and I can't believe anyone would be offended by this and Mm -hmm. y'all are crazy and no offense was meant and I can't wait until my next antebellum party. That is not what happened. (laughs) That is not what happened. And I think that's the issue with cancel culture is people get canceled before they even have a chance to speak. And then once they do speak, it seems to never be good enough. Yeah. Like, what's better than somebody saying, I was wrong, now I'm going to do better? Like, cool, now we did a good job. Like, our hands are not, like, let's move on. But that's not what we do as, like, a society and, you know, a few few key generations. And I think the baby boomer generation has a lot of answering up to do for cancel culture, too. 
I agree. <laughs> I think had they had social media at the time, I, I don't think this would not have been a thing. And that's, yeah. you know, they had their own, I, I'm sure every generation has their own version of it, but you know, you think yeah, back we had to burn our parents. Books. Remember yeah, burn exactly. books? <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, growing up in, if we go into like the church culture and Christianity, you know, my, some, my thing to compare it to when we didn't have social media would be like, you know, I remember in South Africa when like Harry Potter came out and mm. that was a whole thing of just like, oh, like it's so crazy now when I think back on it because it's like, I don't actually think my parents cared that much, but it was like a whole thing of the church we went to. Oh yeah, um, mine too. Where, yeah, where we talked about the, on this on another podcast where we, uh, my mom made me stay home. The whole school, We had, it was a small school, but we were all going to the Harry Potter movie like as an event as a school because we had just gone to movie theater in our town. This is like how bad we, we just got everything super late where I lived. <laughs> and so we were all going to go and like had this not happened within the church, I think I totally would have been allowed to go. And I was like in high school or whenever that came out. And my mom and probably 10 other kids that were all from that church, they kept us home and we all like got together and watched some kind of like Christian movie instead wow. at somebody's house. And the I was Chronicles just like, when I think back on it now, I'm like, but yet all the Disney movies are fine. Like all the other things are fine, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, what that is, you know what it is for the baby boomer generation is they have boycott culture. They boycott everything. We won't buy mm. your items. We won't go to your stores. We'll pick it outside of everything. Yeah. And now, yeah, Gen-, Gen Z, I guess, you know, we just like unfollow you on everything and get you blocked. But um, <laughs> that's so funny. The Harry Potter thing was totally a thing for me growing up too. Yeah. And then just like popular, I mean, within the Christian culture, you know, anytime a, a, an artist went secular or oh, whatever, yeah. it's like, okay, done. totally no longer holy and true and I know a lot of people like I know that may be an extreme to some but it did not happen which is the whole point is that right cancer culture can be these extreme things instead of being a point of education it's come at as a point of like well how dare you and it's like you know and honestly I I try to be self-aware one might argue on our podcast are we canceling you know, I don't know that those words have ever come out of our mouth, but like there's things that I feel pretty strongly about, like purity culture, like we talked about last week. I think some of that stuff is not the right direction. And like if I was going to get on cancel culture direction, I might be like, that should be canceled. But like I feel like we try to still see both sides and try to remain yeah. somewhat objective. Obviously, a lot of it is subjective, but. But we're not starting Even a campaign that. either. That's the thing no. about this whole cancel thing is they everyone trying to like rally other people to shut down a human being or an entity or whatever and, you know, make them voiceless. And perhaps certain people should be voiceless. Like I would certainly prefer for certain people to have no voice. But <laughs> you know what I can do if I don't like them or like what they have to say and they're unapologetic? That's the thing. We got to come back to this thing of I have no problem with accountability culture. I have no problem with calling yes. people out. And let's do it often and loudly. However, if it is from 20, 30 plus years ago and it is clear and evident that that that, that behavior or action or thing they said back when is not who they are now – 
I am in favor of allowing them to speak on that, to make amends if possible, to confess their sins and move forward. I am in favor of that. It's if you're defending yourself, then by all means, like let's cancel the shit out of them. But <laughs> if you're making, if you're, if you're attempting to be better, do better, be educated, we have got to make space for that. And if somebody's not going to do that, you know what? I can, I can change my channel. I don't have to pay attention to you. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to, you know, associate with people who listen to you either or, you know, patronize you. I can make those choices for myself, but do I need to start a movement with everybody behind me to cancel you. I don't know that that's my responsibility. I don't know that anybody, I don't think that's really anybody's responsibility. I agree. I think in our, I think it's, if you're being realistic with society, no matter what generation we come from. And if you look all the way back into history, like we're all people who are very different and we're not ever going to all believe or think the same way. And so some aspect of that like when you talk about maybe having a sort of utopia where we all just like Mm -hmm. are all and like part of that honestly I don't think is ever going to happen because we're imperfect people who come from different backgrounds and will always have some form of history it's like okay some part of history is going to eventually kind of be erased and replaced with another version of history that now the next generation is going to reflect back on so I think we should always be striving to be better and do better. And I think accountability culture is what it should be called and not cancel culture. I think that's a great point. Yeah. And and I think you could see this perspective and go, you know, well, does that seem very like milk toasty? <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> you know, not picking a side, like just like, well, we can just ch- change the channel. But it's like, sometimes that's all you got to do because some you're not going to change everybody's minds by trying to cancel them. Like it, it's almost like a stunt. And I feel like it's not the long-term yeah. goal of educating people. It's like, how can we be proactive? And, you know, which is part yeah. of what I'm hoping that we are doing is like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the things that make us uncomfortable and why it makes us uncomfortable. And like, even hearing, like bringing back woke, I'm like, it's the first I've heard that and maybe I should have heard that more I don't know but I until you don't like you said you don't know until you know you don't and it's all about your reaction to that information that is the most important thing how are you going to what are you going to do with that right and I think the thing that the church did do right something that I think my upbringing did accomplish is that it taught me to have grace for people and I heard Chris Harrison say that on in their interview. It was at the very top of the interview. Mm-hmm. Is I don't know. I think it's just something that I think is super important to teach people. You know, to have grace with your for yourself and to have grace for others because yeah, it, life is just a series of moments and people make mistakes and it's I I don't know that they should be written off because of that. Yeah, and that applies to the people that I still don't really like, like Trump. You know, I feel like there's times where I'm like, I don't like the guy, but I have to have grace here and there. It doesn't mean that you have to support them wholeheartedly, but it it means that you need to take a step back and right assess the situation before you react. Well, I don't even think Trump applies in a certain way because like <laughs> in my opinion, I hear I hear what you're saying, girl, but I feel trying to be like, yeah. 
it's when people take they're held accountable and then they take accountability and Trump doesn't do that. So that's the difference sure. with him. It's like I love the idea of cancel Trump. Guess what? He's not canceled. He's like here to stay. I think he's going to run again in 2024. It's very upsetting. But um, that's the difference is like this dude isn't, yeah. you know, not this. He's not going, oh, my God, I can't believe I screwed up all these things. And I really want to do better. That's not what this guy's doing. <laughs> However, like you said with uh, Chris Harrison, I just think it's so ironic and so sad and upsetting that um, in his interview with Rachel Lindsay, um, and I watched the whole thing. It's like 10 minutes long. He did fine for the most part. And I was surprised by the level of backlash, except for a couple of like key things he did that I was like, oh, I kind of understand. But in the interview, he is talking about how we don't all know everything. We need to have grace for people. People are trying to do better when they know better. And then he got canceled while he was yeah. saying we need to have grace for people before <laughs> we cancel them. And I, and I think that he... For one, he did take accountability when he got called out after the interview because it was a live interview. It was not edited. So it's tough when you're talking with somebody like we are even right now. We can edit this later, but maybe we'll leave something in that really offends people because we're just like talking. Here we go. This is what we're saying in this moment. It was not scripted. It was not edited. It was not wildly planned. I'm sure they had talking points, but he went into it with the best of intentions, definitely tripped over some of his words and places and said things that were not the best thing to say. But then yeah. when he got his ass handed to him, he went, oh my gosh, like I understand, I understand that perspective and I am really sorry and I'm going to take a minute. Like I'm going to take a step back. Yeah. And now he may or may not ever come back to the show. And I'm like, that is what is extreme. That that's is what I, is extreme. That's what I think too. This yeah. man said, oh, I understand that I probably could have done that better and thought of it a little bit differently. He took accountability and it's okay yeah. to have a moment in whatever. I'm not saying he should have like immediately gone back to work and everything's fine and we don't hold him accountable. But that's what we did. And now should he be done forever? That I think that's asinine. No. Yeah. And I think like to play even a devil's advocate a little bit is he said it himself in the interview about like Chris Harrison's been around way longer than TikTok or Instagram and all these things on this show. The show's been around for a long time. And he has been obliterated in the tabloids. And I think that, like, Rachel kept hitting on him, like, well, wouldn't you stand up if somebody was saying this and this and this? And I'm like, the difference between, say, a 22-year-old girl and, and a, I don't know how old Chris Harrison is, late 40s, I'm guessing, is experience, time. He's been on television for a really long time. And I think he had some wise words of just, like, look, I'm not going to get on there every time because he gets a, a, you know, by both sides. What I will say is I think part of why he's getting canceled is because not only of what he said, but he's also a white male. And I'm not saying that it's okay. Like, I just think that there's a whole situation that it's like unfortunate that mm -hmm. on the one hand, I think a lot of things have had to change and there are not consequences it's sort of like the debris along the way it's like you're a part of the movement and unfortunately you're going to get swept up into it and you also are yeah. these things and that's just it well, sucks it's, it's the collateral time. damage and and making an example of people i yes. think and, yes. you know, lest we all forget i am listen am i defending i was going to say i'm not defending chris Harrison. i guess i am a little bit Lest we all forget, forget it is the accident of birth that made him a white man. 
And now what he does with that, yes, he's responsible for it, but it is still the accident of birth. And I don't think he went into that conversation with Rachel looking to offend, looking to wildly defend the other Rachel from the show because he even said he's like I can't speak for her she hasn't you know she at that point she hadn't come out and said anything he's like she'll speak for herself if and when she's ready to but I think that we all need to slow our roll on like crucifying a 24 year old you know yeah and I don't disagree with that sentiment. I think the fatal flaw is that he said that, you know, was the perspective in 2018 so, you know, it was so different from 2021. Well, for starters, it was at the end of 2018. So it was like barely two years ago. It's like barely 2021. And I think that was the issue. He should have really focused only on like Rachel's age and he didn't. He focused on the world. And I'm like, 2018, honey, was not that long ago. (laughs) Yeah. Had this been like, oh, you're talking about 2010 and this was like, a season of 35 year olds that would be different but I totally agree I'm not I'm and I'm not even trying to defend him in because he did miss speak he missed the mark he missed the mark the mark is here and he missed it you know what I mean but he didn't like he's not yeah on the other side of the world with it either yeah and that's the part where I I don't know I think in cancel culture I think that having our upbringing I'm like is it because of our upbringing that we have what I would think is a more like level-headed response to some of these things where I I truly do feel like I can see both sides a lot of times and maybe that's thinking too highly of myself but I'm like no I I get it I I do get it I honestly I feel the same about even with politics on both sides I'm like I feel like everything is very extreme and it's all like in media and every you know whatever's put Mm -hmm. out there but I'm like we only hear about the extremes where I think a lot of people do probably fall more in the middle but in order to hear your voice, get your voice heard or for something to happen, you have to pick this like extreme side mm-hmm. or I don't know, or be so careful about what you say that nobody does say anything unless it's on an extreme, you know? Right. Or politicians too, like a big problem they run into is in a uh, redefending politicians. Um, but politicians, they run into the whole thing of uh, flip-flopping like oh you're a flip-flopper you voted in 1995 for xyz and I'm like well thank god they didn't vote for it in 2021 it's called yes. growth it's called yeah. growth they have improved they have seen and had experience they have aged you know all these wonderful things that happened to us and oh, preach. they'll bring something up from back then and I'm just like Oh, and, and, and you know what it makes me want to do, if anything? It makes me want to research and go, hmm, who were they then that made them think that way? What was going on in the world that made them think that way? Because it's not always just about you. It might have other things. Who, you know, and what else? Who were the lobbyists at the time who had special interests, who were paying the bills for that person at the time? It just goes so yeah. much deeper than they voted for this thing I don't agree with now in 2021. And, you know, um, what are what are they voting for in 2021 is what I want to know, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you're voting for Trump, I just don't understand. <laughs> um, Trumpism, whatever. I know he's out, but oh, he's not far. He's not far. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that's the part that's like, I think even about, um, what was her name? Becca and Garrett. Like he was another one that got in trouble yeah. about some things he had liked and commented on and everything. And I don't remember the timing of those, but I guess my argument with cancel culture and how it relates to, say, Gen Z, I'm not saying, it is definitely not original with Gen Z. I think that Gen Z has a responsibility for themselves more so, and anybody now that actively is on social media, that it's like we live in a world now where 
you're expected to be accountable to the degree of like how far back in history of what you've posted. Like I think about had I been someone who's super active on uh, social media in a political way, 10 years from now are the things that I'm saying, which I'm not really saying much, going to be looked at as like, oh my God, how could you think that? But I'm like, where's the context? And that's the part I think in this whole podcast that I would want to challenge people before you cancel someone, look at the context, like, evaluate all that and sometimes like it may be to a point where you go "Mm, yeah that person needs to be held accountable but let's hold them accountable and not cancel them right let's educate and not write them off and be you know that's less dramatic it's less newsworthy but if you're truly trying to like help the world and help make it a better place then is that not the better thing to do than to cancel and write them off right you know I guess like my what I would propose to Rachel Lindsay is like, have you reached out to her and tried to like talk to her about this and educate if this is a super passionate issue for you? You know, I, I guess that's my argument to anybody that's going to try to crucify someone for things that they may not have understood their actions or they may not have been malicious. And that does not, it's not the same thing as to someone who's posting on social media with very obvious mm-hmm political stances racist stance you know things that like are you know you don't need to go digging for this yeah Um, it just looks like people are looking for people to fail because now everything is on social media and so yeah your life is on display yeah and now people are held accountable it's true word that they're not really being held accountable there i feel like they're just looking to be canceled is how it feels like seems like people are handling it Right, but that does not serve society in moving forward. And just one little thing I want to tack on here is that I do feel, and this is just like my own introspection, but I feel that young people, like late 20s and younger, deserve more grace than adults. Yes, I do. However, just because you're an adult does not mean you have arrived. You do not stop growing up ever, hopefully. I mean, some of us do. Some of us regress. But while I feel even more compassion for someone like Rachel from the recent season and Rachel Lindsay, but that Rachel is because of her age. But if she was, you know, 34 years old or 44 years old and grew up in that 6,000 person city and never really left and that's where she's from and went to a party like that and now we told her like, hey, like, are you sure about that? Like, can you take a step back and like know the context of that? If we told her that at age 34, 44, whatever, and she goes, oh my gosh, I know I didn't. I'm so glad you told me. Thank you. Now that I know better, I'll do better. Guess what? I'm going to like give her compassion and grace too at whatever age she is, at whatever yeah. age she is. We don't arrive. You don't reach a point in your life one day where you're, you've made it in every way. Yeah. And you can't do that to people. And so that applies to Chris Harrison. That applies to a lot of people. We can't live in a society where people just get picked off, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not living in a society without Dr. Seuss. I know. Or Mark Twain. Like, like, remember, like, so many books. I mean, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Like, these books are wildly racist. Like, watch a Shirley Temple movie love Shirley Temple movies wildly racist I mean like she's in blackface it's insane oh my Um, gosh I forgot about that yeah I love Shirley Temple but I totally I I 
forgot about that. And now we know, but like it was still an art and it was reflective of the period of time. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I just think, um, let's cancel cancel culture. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's what I think. Because there is a part of it. And I realize it's easy for me to say as a white woman where, okay, let's take Shirley Temple. I'm like, it is, it it is racist. A lot of the things they did, but then I'm like, it's also part of history in terms of art. So does that mean it shouldn't exist anymore? Like, I think that's the part that makes me a little bit sad. And I try to think about it in the context of being white, um, is like, but it's still a part of history, even though history is bad. I guess that's like, I look at my own history. Like, even though I may have had terrible things happen to me or experienced, I don't know that I would, I mean, I can't erase them now. It does make me who I am. And as a country, it makes us who we are. And I think if we continue to learn and grow, that's the most important Mm -hmm. thing. Like, do I think we should go back and just like burn everything from the past? Because like, it's not like how it is now. I personally don't think that that's the right thing to do. Um, I, I mean, I think it's different when you look at some of the things like, you know, maybe like mascots or things that, you know, people are starting to become more aware and educated, Mm -hmm. like in a lot of small towns or even like it's happened here in Burbank where they've changed some names of the schools and just like who those people represented in the community at the time and realizing like what that really was. I, I I think that's great. I think, um, yeah, that's progress. I just, that's that's progress. I think that's, yeah. So I think there's right ways to do it. And so I agree. Let's, Let's cancel cancel culture and start calling it accountability culture or yeah. educate education culture. Education like, culture, totally. And and a caveat we probably should have said early, early on that like people may be thinking of because I just thought of it is I, this does not apply to like criminal behavior, y'all. Like yeah. when it comes to things <laughs> like the Me Too movement, like, in, you know, like Harvey Weinstein and, and stuff, lock him up and throw away the key. You yes. know what I'm saying? That is not what yes. we're talking about period and I'm just gonna leave it at that um when it comes to that side of things like let's be clear and um you know use a little common sense too I'm really calling myself out there because you know what I'm thinking about of course like Harvey Weinstein and people like that but who was the actor uh Kevin Spacey loved Kevin Spacey loved Kevin Spacey and now I can't stand to look at him. I can't stand to look at this man, even in the things that he's made that I absolutely loved. And I've had huge talks with my boyfriend about it. And he comes from the devil's advocate art side of things of, well, isn't the art still good? And does that mean that this artist should never be allowed to make art again? And I'm like, yeah, he shouldn't be because he's still trying to say he's not a molester and trying to say he did not take advantage of people. He's not walking up and going, Oh my God, I raped all these people and I never want to do it again. That's not what is happening. He's still trying to cover his ass. So I just want to make the clarification. And I know the charges got dropped by that one guy. I know that thing happened, but I still think he's a little wonky. So I mean, I remember (laughs) us having many debates about like when the Chris Brown, Rihanna situation happened and Michael Jackson and, yeah, that's that could be its own. But that's also criminal behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have yeah. no problem. Chris Brown is an amazing artist, but I have no problem not consuming his art personally. Yeah. And that's my choice. And that's the thing is, did he get canceled by the entire world? He didn't. And it's a little surprising because that's straight up criminal. But yeah. um, that's also my prerogative now is that I don't have to consume his art. That's my choice. Yeah, totally. So. Anyway, I just had to throw that out there because I knew somebody would be thinking of it because I was thinking of it. I'm like, but what about Kevin Spacey? Can we cancel him? Yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think it's the same. It's not the same, but like you take the argument. Like Curtis always makes fun of me. Like I love true crime. I like listening to podcasts. I like watching documentaries. All this stuff. Give me a horror movie. That's the same scenario as what I just listened to on a podcast. <laughs> that's not real. And I like. I don't love it. I'm not gonna lie. There's a part of me that just doesn't like it as much. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, like, entertainment, and so someone, you know, he could argue, like, but you're watching stuff that's real, and I'm like, yeah, but yours is entertainment, and there's, I don't know, there's this whole argument of, well, what's, like, for example, if you write a movie, and there's, like, racial things in it, like, should you be canceled because you thought that up? I mean, right. that I think that's its own thing, is, like, well, what's worse, like, portraying something that happened in history, and, like, letting people be educated about the history of it? Or making up a story that involves situations that we would hope aren't perpetuated anymore in society. I don't know. I feel like that's a right a, a whole d- topic for debate. Yes. So. No, we need to talk about that because I've got thoughts on that. That's like a whole art for art's sake situation or like life reflect art reflecting life. I'm into We need to talk about that. My mind just went so- down yeah. so many rabbit holes. <laughs> Yeah, Curtis and I have debated this so many times, specifically because of the true crime thing. Yeah. And he loves horror movies and stuff like that. Not loves, but, and I really don't. I like like some thriller, but I don't want, like, you know, some of it. You don't want to experience the fear. No, because I feel like, because I know it's real, but then he's like, then why do you want to watch true crime now? Because I'm educating myself on things that have happened. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You know, totally like the Burbank weird stalker that's apparently hunting in our I don't know that's an extreme it's only been one person though right yeah yeah okay which is I terrible. saw yeah no it's terrible we we have some weird incident that was not weird terrible incident that was reported and that sounds very night stalkery even though nobody yeah. was like actually injured in the in it but anyways that just yeah sparked my memory of that but anyways I guess my last sort of thoughts on it would just be like Let's just keep trying to educate ourselves and like you always quote it with Maya Angelou like when yes, you know better yeah. when you yeah. know better you do better when and you that know better, is you do better. Honestly the goal my goal in life is from looking at deconstruction there's things in that where I feel like I feel I'm trying to do better and I think when it comes to all of these social issues that we're you know consistently being look needing to handle and evaluate in our own lives like it's all about how we respond and react and proceed with our life and educate ourselves and others yeah so all of that and I think my closing thought would be may you never be canceled may you never have a reason to be canceled anyone who's listening let's just try to be the people who don't have reasons to be canceled and if you do just like you know give yourself a little spanking own up to it, <laughs> own up to it, learn something and do better whether you're canceled or not. You know, nothing lasts forever. I was going to say in the in the way, as much as we just harped on cancel culture, <laughs> give it like five days, depending on how severe it was, it might be, we might be past it. Yeah, even Chris Brown, it, it was like a year and a half and he's already like performing at, I don't know, the Grammys or something again. Yeah. So sorry about <laughs> like, the re okay. Well... Thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode. And if you haven't already, we love a review, a rate, a subscribe, and we appreciate you following us on Instagram as well. We are at whatthehell.podcast. 
And that's where you'll know every time a new episode goes out other than your podcast app where you can turn on notifications and it'll let you know every time we have a new episode out. So thank you for that. And I will say just a shout out to there's a couple people I won't name them by name yet that have sent us some books that we are working on reading. Yes. To maybe give you a little share about of, of those. So thanks for sending. Thanks for sharing your art and your work with us and yeah until next time hopefully it'll be something from another vertical maybe something scandalous maybe something personal Ooh. you'll just have to stay tuned to find out dun 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 <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> it's it's all you know what it comes from it's from my music piano background that i just loved that like dun 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 totally dun 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 the beethoven little beethoven it is it it is just truly my from my heart so i love it thank you so much for listening we will talk at you soon i'm tiffany and i'm Brittany. see you soon bye 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 oh my gosh okay